Hello, and welcome to Blizzard Watch. Uh, we watch Blizzard because, well, you you pay us to, actually. That's that's why we do it. Plus, we love their games. That's, I mean, I've been playing Legion so much lately that I'm starting to feel like an actual, like, I have real-life blood, like, night elf running around hitting things with a sword. Like, I start to forget. Anyway, I'm Matt Rossi. Uh, I'm hosting the show. With me this week are two magnificent co-hosts. First up, he's really good at interrupting people, Alex Zebart. Hi. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, believing you're actually a night elf, I, I was looking for real estate prices in Suramar City. Pretty high. Yeah, I, I don't think. For one thing, you know, you have to constantly avoid people with, like, squiggly things over their head or they'll attack you. Uh, I mean, that's a problem. That's not too unlike some places in uh, the world. So I think I, I wish could... people. I wish people in the world had squiggly things. Yeah, over their I hate it when I go to Red Lobster and all the servers have the squiggly lines over their heads. So you know, you're never getting in. I mean, I, I think dealing with that slight inconvenience would be worth Suramar City uh, apartment. <laughs> well, Alex is planning his his new apartment in Suramar. I'm currently apparently have a timeshare in the halls of valor. And also, since we shouldn't we hadn't introduced her yet, uh, Anne Stickney, who's with us. Uh, Anne, what have you been trying to move to? Um, trying to move to. Uh, nowhere at the moment. I haven't quite, I've, I've gotten to 110. I got my shaman to 110 and I just started Suramar and I haven't gotten very far into Suramar. I've gotten far enough to know that I'm going to love it once I get really get into it. It's just a matter of time is all. Um, but all of the zones are kind of lovely. I really like Azuna. Like, I really like Azuna. I like the way Azuna looks. And I think a lot of it has to do with just the ground cover. And the trees. For some reason, they got all of their various flora on point, this 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 expansion. I don't know what they've been doing differently, but they've just kind of amped it up every expansion. And with this one in particular, just the trees and the grass and the flowers and the ground cover and everything else is just kind of breathtaking. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know yeah. it's been impossible for me to shut up about Suramar for like a week now, and I, I'm really sorry about that. But there are places in Suramar that are so lush with like these fields of like clover that actually are more than painted on the ground. Like they're actual fields of like puffy plants and everything. It's really gorgeous. I honestly was talking to my wife about this. Um, between Azuna, Valshara, and Suramar, this is the Night Elf expansion that I didn't know I wanted at all. And now I'm playing a night elf running through it and going, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, I leveled ten- I, I leveled my shaman, like my Drenai shaman, and now I'm looking at leveling a night elf druid. And I, I haven't even looked at my rogue yet. <laughs> I'm almost I'm almost kind of half considering race changing my rogue to a night elf, like switching factions and going with a night elf just because of this expansion. See, I wouldn't do that because in a way there's lots of story for blood elves here too, because all this stuff like it's a lot of high. Okay, but my rogue stuff. is a troll right now, so. Yeah, but make it a blood elf. I mean, I, to I me, you're that. always a blood I elf. I could do that. <laughs> to, to me, I you will always be the blood elf who comes up on a motorcycle and goes, "Get in, loser! We're going to Dragon Soul." And then <laughs> Get next in, thing I know, loser. yeah. <laughs> the next thing I know, you know, people are like looking at me. It's like this giant torn is jammed into that little sidecar. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's like, I mean, honestly, in a way, Legion feels to me like it's with like it's WoW's best hits. Like, it's seriously like a compilation album of WoW's best hits. Like, you get Stormheim, which feels like it's Wrath of the Lich King boiled down to one zone. And High Mountain, I don't, I can't say High Mountain's like anything, but it feels very old WoW. Like, if you ever leveled a Tauren back in old WoW, High Mountain feels like that, even it's though like, now you're level 100. It's like Mulgar on steroids. Yes. It's if, like 
If you're, you're nostalgic got... for fighting bears, High Mountain's your place. <laughs> Seriously, so though, many Mountain bears just... to be fought. High Mountain has like if you were, when you were level ten and you were just leaving to go to like the first village in Mulgore, uh, like Bloodhoof Village. If you the first time you're going there, you know High Mountain to a level one hundred feels like that. Like you're level one hundred, but the place gives you that same feeling. Um, I'm not. I kind of don't like the opening of High Mountain very much. Like the, they they changed it in a way that doesn't really do it for me. But once you get past that, like I'm I'm like yeah, this is great. I gotta I gotta level a Torin. I gotta come see this in a Torin. I love you know. the music too. The music yeah. of that zone in particular. I really like flying into High Mountain because the music that plays when you're flying in is just I love it. Yeah, um, the thing you say about the changed intro, I think that's kind of one of the larger drawbacks about playing a beta is like a lot of times, yeah, you see things improving for the better, but sometimes you feel like they knocked it out of the park the first time and then they change it and you're like, why? It's so much worse now. The thing about, it's not even that it's worse so much as it just, back in the in beta, at least alpha, and I don't remember if they when they changed it in the beta, but in the alpha, you get you show up, they call you there, you're there as the 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 bad stuff happens yeah like, like it, you were there to witness like their like united clans shatter because this dude betrayed them and now you get there and it happened but also didn't it happened but you still see him do a bad thing and it's just like yeah. okay but in terms of the zones like there's still a ton of great stuff in high mountain there's still a ton of great stuff in every zone i'd say my least favorite zone turned out to be one of my favorites like i first i thought stormheim was going to be like horrible and i hated it but then, like, how about, like, I guess a quarter of the way through through Stormheim, it kind of, like, said, okay, I've now done my obeisance to faction conflict, and now you here's the zone. And then it was like, this is unreal. Like, oh, my God. Like, everything, like, the Titan stuff that happens, the non-Titan stuff that happens, the even the faction stuff that happens after that intro is good. Like, it's interesting. And, and yeah. you know, it layers the characters. Like, I, I've... And, I don't know. I know I'm gushing. The, because, the cinematic made me very happy. Yes. The yes, cinematic the made me very, very happy. <laughs> like I'm, I'm still. Part of me is still like holding out. Like I, I refuse to say this is best expansion ever, because I, I want to see what happens. Yeah. I want to see what happens in 7.1. I want to see what they do with Karazhan. I have these weird theories about Karazhan because of Suramar that I can't stop thinking about. But overall, I, I've this has been the most fun I've had in this game in a long time. This is like. When I loved Mists, it wasn't as good as this. And there's parts of Mists I really loved. I thought Mist was a very good expansion. I but... let's see. I I loved the leveling in Warlords. I mean, you know, flat out, I I loved the leveling in Warlords. I thought that that was great. Legion tops it, and I didn't think that they could top it because it was so good in Warlords. Like the actual experience of going from ninety to one hundred was fantastic um it was just the stuff that came after where it just kind of fell flat but um actually getting there was fun doing the quests was fun uh, each of the zones were really fun but legion has kind of topped it there's there's not a zone i mean i know you talk about how like stormheim you were thinking that was going to be your least favorite zone there's not a zone i didn't enjoy leveling in yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that's uh you know, usually in almost every expansion, I can be like, oh, this is the zone I hate. This is the one I just want to skip. I don't ever want to go there again. Yeah, I wasn't impressed with Gorgron. Like, I wanted more to happen yeah. in Gorgron and not enough happened in Gorgron. So right. I didn't really care for it. Whereas in Legion, like, there's not, there's no zone. I'm like, I don't like this zone. There are parts of zones I don't like. And there are parts of zones I'll avoid. Like, as much as I love Suramar, 
there's a demony area in like the southwest that I think is just terrible. It's like vanilla wow quality surrounded by this amazing, like beautiful rest of Suramar. So like that part, like oh, I'll avoid that until I absolutely have to go there. Or like the outer ring in Azuna is kind of boring to me, but the stuff in the center of Azuna is wonderful. So there's no like, I don't like this zone. It's like, uh, this one's kind of boring compared to this stuff, but that's as bad as it gets. I just, I have yet to run into anything that I didn't actually enjoy doing. I've loved everything that I've done so far. And it's been a while since I could say that about Warcraft. Leveling through Mists of Pandaria, I think is probably the closest, although I wasn't super fond of Kunlai Summit so much. Kunlai Summit's broken up in a way. That's the other thing too. Because of the way they've done scaling, you can approach these zones however you want to. That's the other thing that I like. (laughs) Alex says that he he didn't like the Outer Ring of of Azuna. He can skip a lot of that and go somewhere else, and it's fine. Uh, For instance, I won't do Hemet Nezingwari quests. I just won't (laughs) freaking do them. I'm tired of of enabling this maniac on his genocidal rampage throughout the wildlands of of two worlds now. Three worlds now. I'm not. I'm not helping you kill you. You're like the okay, legion in a small dwarf. Okay, but, but hold up. I have to. I have to mention though. I liked the Nessingwari quests this time around because you were teaching a gnome hunter how to be a hunter. My wife well, you were teaching a gnome them. how to be a hunter. My, and... my wife made me do them, and I agree with you. Because right. Of the, because right. The gnome, but I. You still, know who that I'm... voice actress was, right? No, I didn't. That was Taryn Gregory's wife. Oh, I did yeah, not know that. That was Diva. <laughs> There's um, I don't. How much like. Are singular world quest spoilers? <laughs> is that a spoiler? It depends I, on the quest. But how, anyway. how lore related is it? Because I haven't even opened up world quests yet. I'm still working it's, on the whole getting friendly. It's completely silly. It's oh, well silly. then just go ahead. If you don't like Hemet Nezingwary, uh and for some reason you like Adida from Wrath of the Lich King better, uh, you kind of help. You give those Nessingwari's camp hunters their comeuppance a little bit. Oh, is that is that why that NPC was standing there? Uh, like a druid from... Yeah, Europe. she yeah. was standing there, and I went to talk to her because I was out in that area, and she was like, do you want to help me? And I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll help you out. But she didn't actually have a quest. Yeah. At, she was just standing quests, there. She gives you world quests, and they're very silly quests. Oh. See, I haven't, okay, I haven't done like any fun. world quests. I haven't done any world quests in High Mountain. Though they did do the quest with the Murlocs, and... I don't even know like what just happened, but I apparently I've helped this man build a Murloc army, so whatever. That I seem to be assembling. Yeah, I know who it was, but you know he now has an army of other small Murlocs. Yeah. You know, it's meanwhile it's like that seems to be one of the things I do in this expansion is assemble other people's armies for them. Uh, but yeah, it's. I mean, we've been going on, and the thing is, is that the, this is one of the reasons we've been going on is this is one of the top stories. Um, even Blizzard, Blizzard doesn't do subscriber numbers anymore. And but I gotta say, just anecdotally, my friends list has hasn't been this full since Legion Warlords launch. Yeah, and that, I mean that's why I'm kind of, it's a full expansion. You you can't just say like this is the best ever right at launch because they're almost always really good at launch and they're always popular at launch. What's gonna tell us whether it's good or not is if six months from now or a year from now. That uh, we still have something to do, and there are still people playing. But so it definitely stay feels tuned, like basically. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it feels like there will be stuff to do because there's more stuff to do in any given day than I can do, and I don't even feel like I have to try and do it. I feel like I can pick. Like I can. They finally have achieved that thing they've been trying to achieve since the Isle of Queldenas, where they give you stuff to do 
but you don't try and do all of it because that's not possible. Yeah, I finally kind of, accept it. I kind of because I'm I'm let's face it, I'm kind of a completionist when it comes to quests and things like that. I like to have everything cleared out. And when I hit 110, it was initially really overwhelming because suddenly I had way more to do than I ever thought I could possibly accomplish. Yeah. And it took me it took me a little time. And, you know, on Sunday, on Sunday, I was thinking, well, I can go do this and this and this and this. And then I thought about it. And I'm like, no, wait, I need a breather. So all I did was I went to Stormheim and I worked on fishing and picked a lot of yarn scoggle. And that's all I did like yeah. on Sunday. And. And it was fun. And by the end of it, I had kind of accepted this whole thing where it's like, no, you're not going to get everything done. Not immediately anyway. There's no um, way. <laughs> as, as someone who rolled pretty hard this weekend, just like playing Legion like constantly because it's the weekend and screw it. Um, that overwhelming sensation does go away and things do slow down. Um, there was a point, was it Sunday, I think, where I woke up and I did a round of world quests and I screwed up and did them before like the emissary thing pops and i know you can have up to three so like it wasn't the end of the world if i didn't get it done that day but i had already done all the quests in valshara and couldn't do the, the emissary thing so like all right well i know world quest repops so i'll just play play later and do it and i logged back in like six hours later and i still didn't have any world quest valshara and i was looking at my map and i had done everything in the morning and i was like oh i actually don't have anything to do right now unless i want to do dungeons and so forth um so you can, it is possible to exhaust what's available, but it takes most of a day of binge playing, which I don't recommend doing on a regular basis. I'm also like, I'm working on professions and things while I'm doing everything else. And I'm not like, my shaman is not my main, although I guess I could call her my temporary main because I got her to 110 first this time around. But at the same time, um, she's a scribe, has inscription and herbalism. So mm-hmm. I've been picking flowers and then also working on the scribe stuff. And then did you know scribes can make a toy and the toy is it lets you manufacture steamy romance novels. I did know this. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was one of the things that came in in uh, fairly early beta, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm working on that now because I'm like, OK, now the Legion can wait. I'm going to write a bunch of funny literature. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I'm going to work on for right now. <laughs> Oh, I should mention that for people who are like, if you, there's lots of quests that require things like fox flowers that you might not have an, an herbalist to get. Get the harvester enchant on your shoulders, uh, which I believe you get at Val Shirah. Did you get it at Friendly? You can buy it there and put it on your shoulders. I think and it's honored. Maybe I don't. I don't. I don't think it can be honored because I don't think I'm honored with Val Shirah, But maybe it is. Anyway, um, when you get that enchant, you have a chance to get caches. They're called gather caches when you kill things. And foxflowers can be in them. That's how I achieved that quest without spending um, 20,000 gold. I just asked a guildy, hey, do you have any foxflower? They sent me some. And I was like, all right, well, if you need ore, let me know. Uh, that yeah. was way easier. Well, I didn't even have to do that. I just literally opened a couple of boxes and boom, I had 10 foxflowers. So that is that is something to keep in mind. Because you, the, the enchants on the shoulders are all going to be stuff like that. They're not... They're not DPS enchants. They're all just, you know, would you rather have salvage or would you rather have gather or what would you rather have? Um, uh, someone in chat said that the enchant is at revered and I know it's not revered. I'm almost, I'm like 99% sure it's honored, but for some reason, the one that gives you ore is revered from that faction. Like if you're after ore, you get screwed. <laughs> but if you want fish and meat and herbs and all that, it's honored. It can't be, I don't even know if it can be honored because I have it. 
but maybe I'm honored with them. I don't know. I've done stuff, but yeah, it's, um, we should probably talk about like some other stuff that is happening. Uh, we should probably talk about the companion app because that that's came a big out deal. this afternoon. Actually, I have it on my phone now. It's a uh, Legion. So, since, since you have it, please tell people about. It. Yeah, it's uh, the Legion companion app, and the thing is actually ridiculously handy. Um, it allows you to check on your order hall missions and things like that from your phone. So, you know, if you're at work or something, you can pop in and look and see um, if you've had any order missions come in. And if they have, you can get the rewards for it. Um, the rewards, you'll get them when you log into the game, when you actually log into the game. But you can, like, complete the mission and then send more people out. And honestly, this is kind of the app that people were asking for for garrisons and warlords. But um, it's Legion. It's for Legion. And you can do all kinds of things with it. I mean, I I like it. I don't know. Alex, have you had a chance to play with it? Yeah. Um, as someone who does not work in an office, I work at a home. Um, I have no obstacle to just logging in like once a day and checking my mission. So I think for me, it's probably not going to be very useful until I have lots of alts and I want to like bounce between all of my characters doing missions. But when I just have one level 110 and I'm just working from home, I don't see it having a purpose for me. Right. But well, I know for people thing. who have like office jobs or have a commute or whatever, it's going to be great. Yeah, that's the thing, though, that I think is going to be like super handy, though, is for people that are. Oh, hey, I can collect my. Uh... <laughs> Speaking of which, I'm looking at the app right now. I recruited some more Earth Callers and lesser elementals and they all just came in. So you can click them in the app and like collect them so that you have them to send them out on more missions and things like that. And you could check the world quests. Um, I'm not sure how super handy that's going to be yet because I haven't unlocked world quests yet, but you can also um, do, what do you call it? What's that thing? When you research, you yeah, research, it's research, huh? It's called research. Just order hall research. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you could do that from, from there too. So like if you can research and upgrade your order hall from your phone and that kind of thing. Um, and now I'm looking at the app, so I'm kind of distracted. I'm sorry, but it's really handy honestly I, I, and i think it's just going to be handier once i get more alts in yeah 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 definitely uh I, I suspect the most use i'll get out of it is during blizzcon on the road and yeah in anaheim and nowhere near my computer so i'll probably be in that kind of situation where most people are where they're at work and they can't look at their computer or whatever they want um well and the that's the part that i'm really wanted... sorry go ahead no, I was going to say the other possible use for it for you would have been to check on the world quests while you were doing other things with your day. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, you would have known, oh, hey, they didn't respond. Yeah, you can check on the world quests and see what's available. You can, I, I honestly, I'm looking forward to being able to use that at BlizzCon because my laptop won't, or it won't run World of Warcraft. It's just not yeah. going to do it. <laughs> I, and I have a Chromebook which runs nothing. Yeah. So. <laughs> most useless but being able to at least do the order hall missions while i'm away because i'm gonna be gone for like what a week something yep. like that um that'll be handy that's gonna be really handy um a couple things i think are worth noting for people who haven't tried it yet um don't use it when you're playing wow opening the app disconnects you from the game so if you're like in a you know fighting a boss and for some reason you have the spare brain cycles that you want to check your app while fighting a boss you're getting disconnected uh, it's gonna kick yeah, you, you could be logged into one or the other, but not both at the same time. Yeah, and um, I don't know if everyone is experiencing this, but I had to turn off push notifications real quick. 
Yeah. Because there's a bug where it keeps spamming you with notifications that you've completed research on something when you haven't. Like I'm researching the like Heavenly Forge for my class hall, and there's like two and a half days left on the research, but the app would keep pushing notifications that research had been completed like over and over and over again, and it definitely had not completed anything. So I Do you have an iPhone or Android? iPhone. Okay, because it's not doing that on my Android, but I don't have World Quest unlocked yet either. Well, but I no, am doing research. Just the order hall research. And yeah, it's not it's not pushing any kind of push notifications at me. Weird. Yeah, mine I had to turn it off because it just kept telling me my research complete and it was not. Maybe that's an iPhone thing. I don't Maybe. know. Regardless, that's a bug. <laughs> also, uh, this week, I mean, not, not this week. It was yeah, it was mentioned last week at Paz at Pax. Sorry, Paz. Um, they mentioned that you know, seven point one is not going to just have Karazhan. It's also going to have a raid called the Trial of Valor. Yeah, and it kind of wraps up what's going on in Stormheim, which I'm really excited about. Um, yeah, and- if if you did the Helheim storyline and you snuck by a certain monster dog creature, uh, you will get to fight it. Yeah, and I think that it, well, the way that they described it, it's going to be kind of like an in-between. It's going to be one of those smaller in-between raids because there's only, what, like three bosses? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, the main draw is it's, it's sort of like a, I'm trying to remember the name of the boss back Gr- Gruel's Lair. It's like a Gruel's Lair. It's kind of like Gruel, yeah. Where it's kind of like an in-between thing. It's not like super necessary, but it'll have good gear and that kind of stuff and it's there yeah. for the raiders, which I I like that. I like that they're doing that. Rather um, than being a whole new tier of ra- raiding, I think what they said at PAX was it's a complementary raid to yeah. what we already have and uh the dev said I think his quote was, if I'm not mistaken, it has some of the better trinkets. So, like, there will be a purpose to go there. Yeah. So it's basically like um, Ruby Sanctum was back in Wrath or No, because we totally, like, Ruby Sanctum didn't really have anything super amazing in it. So I, my raid trinkets. guild, I remember, no, my raid guild did it. We did it, like, maybe twice. And then we stopped going because we were doing Heroic ICC and all of the stuff coming out of Heroic ICC was better. Well, I I thought more along the lines of just being there as a side grade, like sort of the same way that um, AQ was to BWL or right, right. Zulaman was to you know Black Temple, where you you would go there and there was some good stuff in it, but mostly it was just there for you, for there to be new stuff and a bear melt. Yeah, the original ZA was so much fun. <laughs> and then uh, the other thing that they mentioned too, they mentioned that Suramar is going to be expanded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's actually. More more quests, more zone quests, more world quests, more everything. It's so pretty it, amazing. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it basically it's it's sound. I think they even described it this way, but if they didn't, it certainly sounds this way. That they've kind of set up Surmar to be episodic, which doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to get more Surmar in every patch. But the base game has a certain amount of the story, and seven point one will kind of like the second half of the story or the next chapter of it, because maybe there will be more chapters after that. Who knows? Um, well, we I, know that we're, one of the raids coming, but you know, the raids that we're going to have fairly soon, one of them is the Nighthold. Yeah, um, but that's not, that's coming out after 7.1. So, yeah, then, so at some point, if 7.1 has more Suramar story, then obviously then after 7.1 we'd get Nighthold, which will advance the story still further. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to all this stuff. And I mean, Karazhan itself sounds amazing, because it's a five-man, it's a five-man mythic, Correct. Uh, it has a raid lockout. I don't know if they specified whether it's mythic or not, but it does have a lockout. It, it's yeah, got a lockout, like it's got a weak raid. lockout on it because there's apparently a lot of good stuff in there. So it's sort of like a dungeon size raid, 
It's like a five man raid almost, which feels, I think is pretty cool. <laughs> it reminds me of old UBRS and except that you can't bring 10 people, whereas you could with UBRS, but UBRS had that enormous feel to it. Like it was part of this giant place. And when you raided it, you were, you know, when you ran UBRS, even if you ran it with five people, you were, you know, it was part of the story in a way that was much more, I mean, the raid, you, you would get past a certain point and then the raid door would be right there. You couldn't go in it yet, but it was right there. And you'd be like, oh, wow. So we're like the one for Blackwing felt- Lair. Yeah. Yeah. So the Karazhan kind of has that similar feel. It's really interesting to me that we're, you know, doing Karazhan as a five man without losing it as an old raid, which I think is, I wish they'd done with more stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I think they probably, I don't know. If, I don't know if they regret the way they did it before or if they just feel like Karazhan is special. But I agree that removing some of the older dungeons that they revamped, like just getting rid of the old version did really suck because while the new versions aren't necessarily bad, uh, the old ones kind of had a like a special place too. It would be well, nice I mean, to see what they were. When I went to, I, I took my paladin and went to Scarlet Monastery this week because I wanted to see if people reacted to the Ashbringer in Scarlet Monastery. And that's when it hit me that it doesn't even have the same four doors anymore. Yeah, like the new Scarlet Monastery in particular is one of those where like, you know, I don't, I wouldn't say that new Scarlet Monastery is bad. I just want the old one. <laughs> I love the old one. It definitely feels strange to go into the new one and realize it's it's like I have I have actual muscle memory of Scarlet Monastery. Yep. I know the place. And so when it's not that way, I get weird. Like there's my brain has a disconnect moment and I can't quite navigate it. When you memorize even not- like where the poles are and where the doors are and where the different trash packs are at, because you did it so much in vanilla. Yeah. It's yeah. weird when all of that is suddenly gone. Even little things like, you know, they did some story progression with like White Mane. You know, Mograine isn't there anymore. And, and kind of when you finish the fight, she laments that Mograine wasn't there. But Mograine was just such a part of that encounter that having some new Dweebo up there is like, whatever. I just want White Mane and Mograine. That's how it should be. <laughs> Bring yeah. Mograine back. Yeah. If Or if, you know, if you're going to do the thing where they're like, they're undead for half of the place... Have both of them be undead and have it still be them. Like, you know, for all that, 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 that Mograine, Renault Mograine's a jerk. I mean, he's, he's a terrible person, but him and Sally Whitemane, that's like a, they were together for years, you know, from since they were children. That's like, you, you go to the Caverns of Time and you go to South Shore, which is the only way you get to see South Shore anymore. And there they are running around as kids. It's like, you know, I don't want to see her with some guy. I don't know. Yeah. Who is that guy? But you know, it's. Yeah, and like people, you know, that that whole dynamic with White Mane and Mograine and, and the other, like, those bosses were half the charm of the place. You know, getting to, you know, kind of getting to know them or just having fought them so many times that you, you just, you come to know them through that. And changing the bosses and... and Deadminds kind of, is another one of those where it's like, I remember Deadminds like the back of my hand and now it's all different. And they yeah. had fisted a monk boss in Scarlet Monastery because Mr. Pandaria... Like, this guy's just dumb. But they, like with Deadminds, Deadminds, they carried the story forward, um, yeah. which I appreciated. I, I liked the fact that they like went to the trouble of actually like furthering the story, and you know, it's like the next chapter of that particular, that particular tale. It's still a little disconcerting though when you go into Deadminds and nothing's in the same place anymore. 
or like, you know, the bosses are different. The rooms are slightly, the rooms are all the same, but everything that's in them is, it, it's changed. Yeah. yeah when I, going down the ramp to fight for Fel Reaver or for Reaver. Yeah. Going down that ramp always messes with my head. Cause I remember the poles. Like I could pull that. Like, if, if you somehow pulled up that dungeon right now, yeah. And said we're going in on level like twelve characters. I could tank that thing in my sleep. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you did it. It was like that was the first dungeon you did as an alliance character. Nine times yeah. out of ten, that was the first it was, one. It was either dead, dead mines or stockades, and stockades was a little higher level. So if you did stockades, you would basically skip dead mines, and nobody skipped dead mines. Dead mines was a big deal. I remember in like November of two thousand four, people putting together dead mines groups. Yeah. Um. That's when I discovered I hated paladins because <laughs> because everyone wanted me to like heal it. No, not because paladins were even bad, but paladins were so OP at first. There was a bug on a seal where you could just do ridiculous amounts of damage. Yeah, and, I remember that. And, and everybody wanted me to heal. I'm like, you do you have any idea how much I could hurt people with this hammer I'm carrying around? You want me to heal? No, this guy's deleted, which kind of stinks because I had Vertigan's fist, man. I still yeah. have that in my bank. Vertigan's fist. It's like. <laughs> But yeah, it's classic. So yeah, th- this is a lot of like, there's stuff, the way they're doing Karazhan, I, I approve of it, even though I'm not really as invested in Karazhan as other people. I, I hope they, if they decide to do that kind of thing in the future, I hope they use this model because. Well, and I, I remember like when they were first, when it was first data mined, and I think that was back in Warlords, where it was kind of data mined that they were doing something with Karazhan and everybody was like, oh, what are they doing with it? Are they going to update it? What's going on? And there was a lot of community discussion and, and people seemed to be really split on whether or not they wanted to see a revamp Karazhan because they really didn't want to see the old one go away. Because for a lot of people, you know, people that first played the game in Burning Crusade who didn't come in, they didn't play in vanilla. And even the people that played in vanilla and carried through to Burning Crusade, Karazhan was like the raid. You had to finish that to go do the other stuff. So it was just this really iconic raid that stood out to a lot of people and the thought of that going away, even, even if it was being revamped, the thought of it going away was kind of upsetting to people, which, you know, I understood, but the revamps that they're doing right now, I mean, the fact that they're keeping it separate is one thing. Uh, the screen caps that they had and the video that they showed yeah. of what's going on in Karazhan has me so excited because it's upside down. The, There's the upside down Karazhan guys. The, the, <laughs> The twisted chessboard. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, I do, you know, I do wish they, I do hope they, if any other revamps that continue forward with preserving the old ones, because as much as I love Vanessa Van Cleef and the new Dead Mines, I also miss Edwin Van Cleef and Mr. Smite and all of that. So keep both of them for everything. Just keep both of them. Well, I, you know, at this point we should probably move on to emails. So wait, before and, we do emails, uh, I yeah. should mention that, um, we actually we released some merchandise last week and I think it got overshadowed a little bit because we released it the day Legion came out. So a lot of people were a lot more preoccupied. But one of the things that we came out with was a shirt that's it's actually a Fjorn Scoggle shirt. And I'm really excited about it. And I worked really hard on designing it. And you can actually find it for purchase at teespring.com slash peculiar dash plant. And um, it's available in both men's and women's for a limited time. I think it's got like uh, two weeks left. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a, a botany diagram of of Fjarnskogel. It looks really cool, and it's running through September twentieth. It's so, a pronunciation guide. There's a pronunciation yeah. guide on there, just in case you don't know how to say Fjarnskogel. 
teespring.com slash peculiar dash plant. Yep. Check it out. Pick one up before they're gone forever. I hope I see a bunch of them at BlizzCon besides the one that I'm wearing because I was the first person to order one of those shirts. (laughs) I should order one or else you're going to get mad at me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, yeah. Go ahead, Rossi. Sorry. No. Now you do emails. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, emails. Um, yeah, but do you want to tell people how to get in touch with us? All right. I suppose I should do that. Yeah. Ah. Oh, God, so much work. Um, please send any emails, you know, to the site. You want to send the emails to be right on the show. Send them to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. We'll take emails on any subject. I'll, I think you'll see they're pretty diverse this week. Um, it can be any Blizzard game. It can be lore or it can be, you know, game mechanics or what have you. Um, just try and put, you know, just podcast in the title so we know which one it's for or just Blizzard Watch. Uh, but, yeah, anything. And if you can keep it a little short, that's great. I mean, we'll try to work with what we get. But, you know, when 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 it's like 3,000 word emails, they're probably not going on the show because just it's not fair to ask Ann to read out Moby Dick before we answer a question. So there, there you go with that. Uh, now. And if you wouldn't mind, Moby Dick was a good book, but I don't really want to read it aloud. Thank you. Anyway, uh, first email, Archie, you can go ahead and have a cookie in our honor because yours is up first. Uh, This is from Archie on I don't know what server it doesn't say. He says, hi, guys. Is it possible to get a level appropriate Azeroth for everyone? The problem I have with simply flipping on the level scaling system for the rest of the world is that it is a zero sum gain. You level up, the mobs level up, you didn't gain any power. It's just an illusion meant to uphold our ideas of what leveling in an MMO has always been like. I have an idea. What if we just got rid of levels and allowed characters to quest in any zone? Characters would get powerful upon acquiring gear, but said gear would be locked to each zone and would scale down to beginner power levels when you enter a new zone except for artifacts if we keep them dungeon and raid gear would be associated with the zone that the instance is physically in blizzard could play around with some zones being a light grind like spires of iraq and other zones with a raid in them being more like tanan with plenty to grind you could keep the current character levels but it would only be used to determine which when talents and abilities were earned and you could squish it to a manageable number so upon every level you get a talent or an ability Thanks, Blizzard Watch. Sincerely, RTPS. Did you know that Scenarian Circle and Sisters of Elune servers are completely merged? Yay for 24 character slots on one server. Uh, we I did, did know that. that. Yes. <laughs> I play on Scenarian Circle. And we do our alt stream. The leveling stream is on Sisters of Elune. Yeah. So, so yeah. what do you guys think of Archie's idea? Um, it, it sounds like a way worse version of the thing he started off saying was bad. Yeah. yeah. I was say, it just seems it seems overly complicated. Like saying that, you know, we've got the illusion of leveling, but we don't gain any power. I, I understand what you mean because stuff does scale up. But at the same time, you do get more power because you get better gear and the gear gets better as you level as well. Like I, I've it's still easier for me to go through Azuna at 110 than it was at 100. And it wasn't terribly hard at 100, but it is easier at 110 because the thing is, the artifact itself is the new leveling system. And it gets leveling... more powerful because each each thing you put into it and each you know the uh item level you increase the item level on it yeah and it, when you spend artifact power you get more traits which also increase your power yeah it, in a way in a way leveling to 110 is sort of almost superfluous compared to leveling the artifact leveling the artifact is leveling in legion and it's a lot more involved than old school leveling it takes a lot longer you'll be doing it for quite a while and leveling in wow has I mean, it's always been the case where it's just kind of 
your rest period before you get back into endgame stuff. And I mean, it's been like it's like that in Legion. It's like that in Warlords. It's like that in Miss Pandaria. It was like that in Vanilla WoW. And that it's they do the quest, do some story stuff, work your way back up to max, and then start working on your gear. And your gear is what's going to turn you into a monster. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the whole idea of your gear only works in one zone that doesn't make any sense to me at all. <laughs> um, it does sound a little overly complicated. Um, as far as I'm concerned. I think that having the level scaling like Azeroth wide would not be a bad thing. Although Neris mentioned in the chat channel, and I agree with this, they said, uh, I just hope they never force level scaling for old raids without an option to disable it. And I agree. Um, I think those old raids, you know, if you want to go farm them for transmog or something like that, you shouldn't have to get, you know, a 25 man raid to go do it. <laughs> I will come I will come flat out and say this. I am not in favor of scaling any of the previous expansions. Really? Because I like going back to say South Shore or whatever at level 110 and just destroying things if I feel like. It. Yeah, I, feel I the like same not way. getting I like not getting dismounted by a level 30 bear while I'm riding through Ashenvale looking at stuff on my level 110 warrior. I don't want Ashenvale to feel challenging. That's I am fine with it. Perhaps, right, but what if the they thing, were all scaled to level 60? See, I was thinking about that. That if every expansion scaled to the level of that expansion, so I'd be like, okay with Burning it. Burning Crusade would be 60 to 70, Wrath would be 70 to 80, but it would never go over 80. As long as I can still go back on a high-level character and not have to deal with getting dismounted because a bear, you know, a bear in Ashenville thought I was... <laughs> Qualin, Qualin in the chat channel just said, more loud and mic drop. More, more, more the dim. <laughs> more yeah. the dim, yeah. whatever. No, no, yeah, no, yeah. I don't want to uh, run into that guy. <laughs> um, I, th- you know, I agree. Like, I think that would be cool if, like, all of Azeroth, like the old world, all scaled up to a cap of 60. And I think that would be a really great way to do it. And similarly, like, the Broken Isles... When there's another expansion, Broken Isles just stay at 110. Um, but what else? The other thing I would really like to see them do is use kind of the demon invasion as a model for like temporary events. Like if they had a weekend where there was something going on in Feralos and we had to go to Feralos and deal with something for a weekend or a week or whatever, or there's something cool happening there, or you just get scaled to a certain zone to do something there. Um, I really enjoyed that aspect of, you know, we had level 12 characters fighting alongside level 100 characters and being effective. And you saw so many people kind of cooperating. You know how they have like the, you know how they have like the time walking weekends and the other event weekends that they were doing all throughout Warlords. If they threw something like that in there as like an event weekend kind of thing where it's like, oh, something's going on out here. Yeah, not just in dungeons, but you know, utilize the, world. the vast world they have. Yeah, yeah, that'd be kind of especially fun. Since, especially since you know the invasion served as a really effective proof of concept. The invasions show that you can do that, and it would be great. It's it great. It worked really well. Or but it, world quests, like what, like the mention of Morladim. What if there was a world quest to go fight Morladim, and he scaled up to your level that day? Oh God! But just for yeah, just for that day. Just right. for that world quest, then I'd be okay with it. But I still want to be able to go through, go kill Morladim just because I feel like it. I'm just I want to be able to go about to like, kill Fell Reavers because I feel like it. I'm just thinking about like old school Tirasfall Glades. Can you imagine walking through Tirasfall Glades and running into a level 110 son of Aragal? <laughs> I oh, love God. It's <laughs> it like that's bit, Silver you know. Pine, isn't it? Yeah, that's Silver, Silver Pine. Silver Pine, excuse me, not Tirasfall. But, oh, yeah. I, remember, I remember the first time I leveled Horde. 
and I had my Tauren Warrior at like level 20 something. And I thought, I felt like, yeah, I'm enjoying this. This is fun. And then suddenly out of nowhere, this thing comes and rips my head clean Just, off. And, yeah. and you're dead. Oh, Draven says World Quest Hogger. Yeah. Hogger, Hogger wasn't hard, though. Hogger wasn't, you know, you'd go kill him and whatever. It was a pain, but he wasn't hard. Son of Arugal was hard. Like, you, I had to ask a level 40 friend to come kill him so I could continue to quest without him running out of Pyrewood Village to just gank me every five minutes. Like, the thing I loved about, because I didn't know a whole lot about the game yet when I was first doing Silver Prime, because my first character was Forsaken. Like, my first character ever was an undead rogue. I thought, like, Son of Arugal was, like, one dude. So when I would keep running into him, like, all over the place, I thought he was just, like, this NPC that would just, like, hunt you. He's following you. <laughs> Not, like, and then, like, when I played a little longer, it's like, oh, there's a bunch of them in his zone. I thought it was just a thing that, like, the yeah, son of Yeah, he has more than one son. He has Genki. many sons. Yeah, and has... all of them want you dead. <laughs> there are a plur- there are, there's a plurality of sons of our The but mob it was name a, it was is an cool indicative feeling. that he's just one. He's just one it, of many. <laughs> It was a cool feeling, though, at the time that I thought, like, this NPC would just show up to ruin your life. It was like a horror. It was like playing a horror game, almost. Like, you were just being stalked by this guy, and you just didn't know when he would show up. I don't know. Um. So, yeah, I don't know if that actually... Well, you didn't really have a question, Archie, but we, we had commentary on it, so we gave you that. So have a cookie. <laughs> Anyway, uh, next email is from Mizbrek, who says, Hi, viewers of the Snowstorm. Mizbrek, Goblin Hunter, and World's End regulars from Kirantor US here. Quick question I'm hoping you guys can help clarify for me. Spoilers for the end of the Broken Shore scenario. If you guys haven't done that for some reason, I don't know why you haven't. But if you haven't, skip forward. They say, During the fate of the Horde quest, when going to pledge your loyalty to Sylvanas, she's quite cool to the player character, saying that my actions have earned me leniency from her bow, but not to test her. My question is, what did I do to need leniency from her bow? My tune has been nothing but a faithful servant of the Horde, perhaps with the exception of being a Darkspear revolutionary. Is this just Sylvanas being cold and wanting to kill everyone, or am I missing some reason why she would feel the need to tell me that she's going to refrain from killing me? Love the podcast, and thanks for all of your hard work. Ms. Breck. I, I always that's just Sylvanas, man. Yeah, I always get the impression that Horde players don't know who Sylvanas is. <laughs> like, they're on the Horde, and they're just like, Sylvanas, she's nice and wonderful, right? And then they talk to her, and she's like, I'm going to kill you. And they're like, oh, what did I do? That's just Sylvanas. That's that's who she is. She's, that's how she's, she's always prickly. been. She's just prickly. She hates you. She wishes you were dead so she could turn you undead and make you serve her forever. Yeah, that's there's... Sylvanas. Sylvanas, I mean, Sylvanas actually believes it'd be better if everybody was dead. I mean, the Forsaken yell like death to the living and you're alive. That includes you. Yep. There's no exceptions here. It doesn't matter if you're Horde. If you are not Forsaken, she wants you dead. And so she can potentially make you Forsaken if you are worthy of it. Yeah, that whole battle for the Undercity thing where it was like, oh no, there's a bad faction of Forsaken. That bad faction of Forsaken does not mean that the other half of Forsaken are good. <laughs> it doesn't work like just, that. They were just taking it a little faster than Sylvanas had intended. Yeah, they that... kicked the plan into overdrive before it was really ready to go. But Sylvanas is not, she's not an angel. That gross green blight that's, that Futurist used at the Wrathgate? Sylvanas told him to make that. Yeah. She, just, she didn't idea. tell him to use Fish it. She just told him to make it. And it, its purpose is to kill all of you and us and everything. 
Yeah. If you play a worgen, if you play a worgen and you do the worging starting zone, you there's a scene that you will be. Uh, I'm spoiling Cataclysm, so you know, be warned. There's a scene where you're hiding in a in a basically a trench full of water while Sylvanas talks to um, High Warlord Chromash. Yeah, in the cathedral. In a cathedral, and he's all, you know, he's being an orc at her. He's all, you know, you keep your plague in reserve, and she's like, yes, of course, we would never do anything to offend you. As soon as he's out of earshot, she turns to the Forsaken Extra and goes, "Dump the plague on everything. I want this entire city plagued. Plague it. Plague it up good." I want that, but we just got told not to. Yes, and we're doing it anyway. Plague, plague, plague. Yes, so, he yeah, did so... tell us that. We heard him say that. And um, hey, I'm we're not... going to do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to go into specifics because it is big spoilers. But the thing she's doing in Legion that I've seen Horde players go, I can't believe she do that. You just haven't been paying attention to Sylvanas. She's been doing this for like ten years since Wrath. This is the thing she's wanted. You can't I mean, be surprised she's doing it. She says she wants to do this for years. Yeah, and if you if you have any questions about what Sylvanas was doing in Stormheim or whatever, I did write a Know Your Lore last week about her um, and what she did and what I think the motivations for that were. And they were not like, I mean, they weren't the nice motivations they were the win the war motivations and that's i think that's where she's approaching things from at this point is you know we need to win the war against the burning legion and here's how we're going to do that and if people happen to you know die along the way well that's okay (laughs) i'll just bring them back yeah (laughs) pretty much um she's she's not an angel she's never been an angel so it's yeah that's that's just how that works, Ms. Breck. Sorry. You didn't do anything to, to like personally offend her. Not that we know of anyway. She's just like that. Um, so our next email is from Alessander, who says, Good job on the launch stream. You guys are a vital cog in the enjoyment of Blizzard and Legion in particular. Thanks. Thank you. He says, That said, has Malfurion ever done anything useful in his life? Thanks. No. Yeah, well, but I gotta say, I'm gonna just say this. Having run Darkheart Thicket a few times... There's an amazing exchange between Malfurion and Xavius where Xavius shuts him down hard as Malfurion is pontificating how he is merely a shade of Xavius. And I don't think I'm spoiling anything. The boss's name is Shade of Xavius. Uh, and you are merely Xavius's shadow. And, and Xavius turns and goes, well, this shadow kick your ass. <laughs> so yeah. he doesn't say that he's more, but he's straight up points out, you know, I beat you, man. You're you're here. <laughs> I, I've I've done pretty dang well for myself. Having said that, Malfurion has done some useful things because, oh, I don't know, he stopped Ashara from opening that giant portal and letting Sargeras through the world. Yeah, it split the continent into pieces, but he got what, that accomplished. What is it about the Stormrage brothers that all of their plans involve breaking the planet? I know, right? Because his the next small... thing that he did, and, and this was a good thing that he did, he stopped Archimonde up at the top of Hyjal. Of course, he did it by blowing up the world tree and getting rid of the Night Elves' immortality in the process. But he did stop Archimonde. So... And when Illidan was going to stop the Lich King, everybody's like, wait, wait, you're going to break the planet in half. He's like, oh, that's fine. Yeah, that's okay. My brother did it. My brother did it. I know. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. Yeah, 10,000 years from now, you will thank me for this. Yeah, absolutely. 
just like 10,000 years ago when I saved the will of eternity and y'all locked me in a box for 10,000 <laughs> years alone in the dark, only the voices constantly taunting me, taunting me, taunting me. I'm fine. I'm fine. Really, I'm fine. And um, may I just say that Milfurion's no in Velshra was probably the worst no since Darth Vader. It was kind of overwrought. It was really bad. Like, I think Vader's no that is infamously bad was better than this no. The thing is, is like, as a voice actor, now think about this from from the level of a voice actor who's reading a script. When you see N followed by a bunch of O's, how do you say that? And I think there's also this problem where Malfurion started out having a really doofy voice, and the voice actor has to keep doing this doofy voice Malfurion has. <laughs> and so when they actually have to have Malfurion have emotion plus this doofy voice to start out with, it's like impossible. He can't sound good and be emotive because his the voice they gave him is awful. And I'm sure that's not the voice actor's fault. It's just how Malfurion talked to begin with. That's just Malfurion. That's just how he's always sounded since, like, back in Warcraft 3. That's how he sounded in Warcraft 3, too. Kind of yeah. doofy and very full of himself. And it was fine. Like, I think it was fine in Warcraft 3 because he was just Malfurion. He was, like, this Drew that just woke up and he was kind of, like, a stoic nature dude. And that's all he did. And then when they're trying to do other stuff with him, and but he has to like maintain the voice he started with, it's a lot harder. Like the, the voice just, wasn't meant to do those things. I just I don't know how a voice actor like how do you deliver a no that doesn't sound cheesy? Uh, here's how you do it. N O O O. Just straight up Futurama, that bad boy. No, that's worse. <laughs> but, um, uh, in short. Taronda needs to ditch Malfurion, also ditch Illidan. They both suck. Just do cool stuff on her own. Just see, go do cool I'm gonna, things. I'm going to say this outright, Alex. Imagine suggesting that Malfurion dump Taronda in the middle of, like, you know, him being kidnapped. Or, you know, Taronda gets kidnapped and Malfurion dumps her and runs off to do cool stuff on his own. You'd not like that. You would not think that was good character. I mean, Toronto doesn't have to dump him in the middle of it. I mean, we can save him and Toronto can go, hey, you suck. Bye. And like, everybody's good. Or she could have done it 10,000 years ago when he already kind of sucked. That, that Since they've given her dialogue in the middle of the zone saying all the stuff that she loves about him, dumping him immediately after would make her seem crazy. I think at this point, they're stuck together. Just accept that they're a couple and well, they, try and have minimize their connections as much as possible stop having malfurion do stuff He's honestly so that's awful that would be the thing i would do just stop using malfurion tronda is way cooler and way more interesting and doesn't go no she kind of did actually not as terribly anyway honestly a little I, bit. I, I am the guy who wants shandis Feathermoon to take over the night elves and never hear from either of these two characters again quite frankly uh i'm real i do want to I, I agree with that i want to see shandris and actually there's a gray I, I don't know if you've seen this item uh i looted a gray item that i have in my bags that i intended to send to you that has flavor text on it about shandris well definitely send it to me i'd love to look at it okay i mean it's just like a flavor text item but i was happy I that um when i took hattie and like did the whole hunter class hall thing shandris was yeah. hanging out Shandris, huh? That's very cool, but the fact that your hunter's name is Hattie is screwing with my head so much because the Beast Mastery artifact summons a wolf named Hattie. Oh, yeah. Well, her name is H-A-T-T-I-E. I know, but it's pronounced the same, so whenever my wife says, oh, yeah, Hattie's following us, I'm like, she can't be. She isn't even logged on. <laughs> well, I was going to name her Hetty, but it was taken. So, <laughs> Hattie it was. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with the whole... I mean... 
I guess if Taronda like, or like, I don't know, I can't see her ever ditching Malfurion. I mean, there was that whole quest moment in Valshara where exactly, like, yeah, exactly. she made a decision, but it's still one of those things where it's like she has her priorities, but Malfurion is very high on that list of priorities. So she he may be doofy, you. but she loves him. After she makes the decision that she makes in Valshara, you're riding with her and she goes into like detail about her relationship with Malfurion. And I'm sitting there going, uh, ma'am, uh, I know that we're both night elves, but <laughs> I don't know you very well. You've just been a distant <laughs> figure and I, I don't need to know all about you. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. You used to go underground with him. That's great. Uh, could you Look, please stop telling me about this? I'm not saying that Tyrande splitting from Malfurion would be a character decision that makes sense. I just think it would be more fun because we would get Toronto without the context of doofy Malfurion hanging around. We have Toronto who's all letting her hair flow in the wind as she rides through Glen, firing arrows into the sunset. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, so next email is from Elinari from Silvermoon EU who says, hello, watchers. With the way that we ended Malthael's madness, everything from the prophecy of the end of days has come true, except for the last line that we have not seen in game yet. As fate lies shattered forever. We're Just talking Diablo about Diablo, question. by the yeah. way, folks. Um, anyway, Elinari continues. With BlizzCon coming relatively soon and the general quietus- quietness that we've seen from the Diablo team, do you think we'll get a Diablo 3 expansion announcement at BlizzCon? Thanks for all the things that you do. Listening to the podcast and reading the Know Your Lawyers makes my commuting very enjoyable. I've, well, shifted away from a, I've shifted away from a Diablo 3 expansion. I think we're going to hear about Diablo 4. Yeah, Diablo I don't think 4. we're going to get an expansion. I think we're going to get a new game if we get anything. Either Diablo 4 or some kind of like Diablo-ish spinoff. And I and I maintain my prediction that whatever they do, it's going to have some form of microtransactions. World maybe of Diablo. Good, maybe no, not. <laughs> but um, every Blizzard game has some kind of microtransactions or subscription, except Diablo 3. I don't think it's a coincidence that they ditched Diablo 3. Um, Diablo 3 started with microtransactions through the Real Money Auction House. They dumped that because people didn't like it. So I think they're going to find a new one, launch a new Diablo game with some kind of microtransaction. I, I'm willing to accept that that is a valid argument. And um, honestly, just... I think it, it took a while for Diablo 3 to find its footing. It, it took a while for it to kind of transform into the game that it is now, which is a really fun game to play. It took a while before it got to that point. But I think they've kind of figured out where it needs to sit to work. And if they'd carry that forward into a Diablo 4, I think it'd be a really cool game. So, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing some more Diablo. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, I, I read like the gaming subreddit and so forth all the time. And even today, you see a lot of comments on there. Anytime Diablo comes up, they're like, too bad Diablo 3 really sucked. And you'll see like one person be like, no, guys, they fixed it. It's really good. And but the overwhelming uh, number of comments is like they ruined it. Diablo 3 was terrible because they only played it at launch and it was pretty bad at launch and they didn't stick around to see it fixed. So if you go back and you play it right now, it's really fun. Yeah, it's it's really fun. Diablo 3 kind of has a permanent black mark on it. And maybe if they can show people with a Diablo 4, it's like, no, it's going to be good at launch. People might give it a try again, and it might redeem Diablo. Because, yeah, See, there honestly, are still a lot of people play it now, but they played it at launch, and it sucked. The problem the problem with that is, just quite simply, Diablo 3 had people who wanted it to be terrible from the beginning. And it wasn't terrible at the beginning. It was it had significant problems, but it wasn't a terrible game, because I played it up to 60. 
you can play you played it at launch it was quite playable there were flaws and it needed work yeah absolutely but the problem is, is that you get a lot of times you get these the same problem over and over again in a in a community like this one small things little pr errors and so forth snowball and they had huge pr problems they had people say things that were not the right thing to say um there were facebook errors people you know posted things on facebook um, the infamous F that guy Facebook yep. post um, that these things Blizzard has got to, to, you know, they've done a really good job with Legion of not making any huge screw ups like that. But for a long time, Blizzard has had a problem with PR and they, that needs to get nailed down for Diablo four. If you're going to do Diablo four, you need to make it a Diablo game and you need to cultivate the huge Diablo fan base. You can't offend them. You need to work with them. You need to get them on board because they're still out there. Oh yeah, people and, are still people playing Diablo two. And yeah, like, there are people mad. playing Diablo two, and there are people playing Diablo three. And like I said, you know, you go back back and you play Diablo three right now. It's a really good game. It's a lot of fun. There's nothing wrong with it now. <laughs> I had a great time. I mean, it's one of the better console games out. I had an incredibly great time playing that thing on yeah. console. It was fun as heck. Me and my wife would just tear things up. The ruins of Sesheron are just hilariously good. Yeah. So. I mean, it's not like, you know, there's a major overarching story or anything to it, but it's a good time. Go in, smush some demons, beat some faces in, get some loot. It's just, it's fun. I don't know. Um, I'm hoping that we do see a Diablo 4 announcement at BlizzCon. I really am. I I have a feeling they're not going to remain quiet for too much longer. And there have been those little hints on Twitter and things, so. Yeah, um, I just want to know if, what's the deal with Leah? Yeah. That's all I want. I want closure. Yeah. Because I yeah, thought I... there was closure, but they uh, at, at BlizzCon, like after it released, they made certain they were clear that it, it wasn't actually a closed case. So. Bring back Jennifer Hale, please. Yeah. Okay, um, that pretty much wraps us up for emails, and we're kind of out of time here. So uh, Blizzard Watch, it's made possible due to the generous contributions at Patreon.com/slash/BlizzardWatch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, uh, and thanks to everyone for listening. Again, if you have an email to send to us, send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Um, we'd love to get them, love to talk about your emails. We'll get stroppy with each other like you just heard. Um, this is Ben, Blizzard Watch. Uh, I'm Matthew Rossi. I'm the host, and thank you very much for listening and being here. We'll see you next week.